Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. Your boy Samuel here. I got Rico here. Rico, say what's up. Yo, what's good, y'all? What's good? Alright, we got quite a bit of topics to get into. We're going to talk about the NBA schedule that recently released. Talk about some drama that's been going on in the NBA. A lot of teams having a lot of issues going on before the even season even starts. And we got a trade to talk about. And we also got the Clippers to talk about once again. So, Rico, where do you want to start? I say we start with the Clippers because I feel like for most of the teams heading into the league, we kind of have an idea. But the Clippers, they we kind of just kind of almost an unknown, essentially. All right. So, I mean, so Paul George... Well, actually, first, let me start with this. Kawhi, there was an article that came out on from The Athletic this week that talked about, like, Kawhi and PG and basically, like, how things went on in that locker room in, res- in regards to, like, their leadership, what kind of, like, special privileges they got and how it rubbed certain guys from the previous year the wrong way, especially guys like Montrez Harrell, Pat Bev, Lou Will. They felt like... They felt like the culture that they set up was not necessarily being continued with Kawhi and PG and with Kawhi, it's kind of understandable. Like they kind of understood why he got special privileges. Cause you know, he's a star. He's won two championships on two different teams, but with Paul George, a lot of, a lot of the other guys in the locker room is like, yo, like what did this guy do to get all these special privileges? Like, my man's can't even get to the finals, like, and he be stinking it up in the playoffs. So, honestly, it's like Kawhi heading in and getting like his special treatment. I feel like even the stuff that he got was like it wasn't okay, but it wasn't nothing too crazy. But even like in some of the reports, like Montrez and the rest of them, it seemed like they were more upset with PG because I mean, PG he really like walked around as if like he was this star, or, like this well-accomplished, like, you know, basketball player. But in reality, he's sold out every time he's been in the playoffs. And then he calls himself Playoff P. So I feel like, if anything, what really ruined that Clippers chemistry was more so just PG getting treatment that he didn't really deserve. Yeah, and then, like, another thing with PG is, like, there's no accountability held with him. Well, I mean, he came out later this week and said that like, of course, he, he knows that he was like they all needed to play better. And Kawhi himself said they all needed to play better. Um, Paul George made a comment this week about um, on all the smoke about there was a clip that was flowing around basically of how he was describing how Doc Rivers used him, saying that Doc Rivers used him in a lot of pin downs, played him in a Ray Allen, J.J. Reddick type of way. And... While that's sort of true, some reporters pulled up some stats saying that he actually got a lot more pick and roll ball handling duties than he has before in his career. I forgot the specific percentage. I think it was around 33% of um, his possessions were as a pick and roll ball handler, which is higher than his most, his other, his second highest, which was 25% of his possessions in OKC. So he had a lot more ball handling duties in Los Angeles, but he is not necessarily someone who you want always with the ball in their hands because he's not necessarily a playmaker. And that's like the main thing that the Clippers have been lacking along with just general leadership. 
So it was odd for him to make those statements because they were just easily refuted. So, yeah, like PG, man, like he really had the audacity to really go up there and like try to place the blame on someone but himself. And it's like, yeah, like reporters went out there, they pulled up his stats. Like we even watched like Paul George play this season, both in the bubble and regular season. And we saw him run pick and rolls. We saw him post up. He just went out there and he shot bricks. And it's like, if he's PG and he's this star, like he has to come out there and just acknowledge like, yeah, I ain't show up, but next time I'm going to show up. But it's like, he's not doing that. And and what's even funnier is that Doc came, like Doc responded to him today and he was like, hey, listen, I enjoyed coaching, coaching him. So not a lot to say there. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me. So he better hope it's not adjustments. It ain't going to be much different. Listen, we lost the game and I think everybody needs to take ownership. Obviously, we can always do better. Players can play better. As far as I'm concerned, I'll leave it there. That's facts. That's facts. They all had they all they all had a role in that in that in that like whatever that was. That was just a meltdown for real. For facts. And and basically Doc was like Doc, Doc is basically saying like, yo, I didn't make adjustments on defense, but my adjustments had nothing to do with you breaking up shots on the side of the backboard during the playoffs. Like that's not on me, bro. <laughs> for real. Like he got all the shots he wanted, he was just missing. And like, how can you blame someone for your misses? It's weird. I just can't wait to see that 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 first 76ers Clippers game because you know now there's a storyline behind it. Facts. I early prediction. I probably got. I mean, I got I got the 76ers. They got that boy Seth Seth Curry. Hopefully, they get it together. <laughs> Facts. But I mean, I I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this Clippers situation and they were like the one thing that they lack the most besides like a playmaker is just like general leadership. Cause we saw with Kawhi in San Antonio and Toronto, there was already like a leadership and a culture established there with the Clippers. It was just like, yo, we got these dogs, but like there was no actual leadership. So I, th- a lot of people believe this is this is the reason why the Clippers promoted Ty Lue because Ty Lue was one of the people when he first got the job in Cleveland he challenged Braun. He 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 told him that his conditioning wasn't up to par of what it should be. He t- he made sure Kyrie and Kevin Love knew where they stood in the pecking order, and I think that's something that Doc Rivers didn't establish with this Clippers team this past year because we saw guys like Lou Will Montrez. As soon as they got on the court, they thought it was their show to run instead of like, "Yo, let Kawhi and PG work, and y'all will fall in line and get y'all shots when y'all need to." But a lot of people think Ty Lue is gonna do is gonna do that instead of just like letting them run free. Nah, that's facts. I definitely agree because it's like when you really did watch the Clippers play, it really just felt like it was just the like honestly when Lou Will and Trez came in, it was like all right, it's just Lou Will and Montrez. They're just gonna go out and score. When they go out, it's like Kawhi and PG, and it's like they are lacking that that leader. And I also feel like the leader also plays a role in like the playmaker because it's like. Pat Bev is falling out of every game. It's not saying the point guard has to be the leader, but Pat Bev is falling out of games. And then you just have like Kawhi, who isn't really a vocal player. And then you got PG who talks a lot. He's actually a pretty vocal player, but he says a lot of nonsense and he puts himself in this place where like, all right, yeah, I'm the guy. But then when they need him to be the guy, he didn't show up. So it's kind of like the Clippers do need like someone to kind of establish like that, like you said, that pecking order and really get that team together in order for them to win. 
Yep. I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So I expect the Clippers to still be, of course, a contender. They still got to deal with the Lakers in their conference. They still got to deal with. I feel like Golden State is going to be an underrated player. Phoenix is going to be there. Maybe Dallas, Portland, Denver. It's it's going to be it's going to be a fight out in the West as it always is. But I, I think the Clippers will still maintain that status towards the top. They did resign Reggie Jackson. They signed Sergi Baca. They lost Montrez, which could actually kind of be seen as a positive because from what I know, it's him that was like a major issue in that locker room that he didn't get along with like PG and Kawhi and stuff like that. And, you know, he's part of Clutch. So it's always not. It's always, yeah. It's always an issue of co- conflict of, of interest there. And it's just, yeah. And they also signed Batum. I don't think he's really going to play much, but yeah. I've like... As, in terms of like that free agency so far for the Clippers, I feel like the re-signing of Reggie Jackson, in my opinion, that's a bad re-sign mainly because, I mean, you need a point guard, but I just don't think Reggie Jackson is that guy. And then, and then even like Nicholas Batum, I feel like they just like the Hornets just wanted to like basically dump that salary and they just picked it up. I feel like I mean maybe he can like space the floor with some of his shooting, but I haven't seen Nicholas Batum on a basketball floor in like a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while for him. For real. And so, uh, oh. I don't even know if he's going to be super effective or anything, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say uh, about like your comment with uh, Montrez. Um, I feel like Montrez, in terms of like, you know, when we look at the Clippers like feud, we always talk about like Kawhi, we talk about PG, we talk about Pat Bev, but we don't really speak about Montrez like that. I feel like Montrez Harrell, he did a lot of talking and a lot of dismantling in that locker room. But when it came time for him in the bubble, like he didn't show up. Like we, the last time we really saw Montrez really, you know, play decently was probably a regular season. He got to the bubble and like he just became a completely different guy. I mean, granted, he did like, you know, had some issues and he had to leave the bubble, come back. But for someone who did all that talking, I feel like he's just as bad as PG. And I just wanted to shed some light on that because no one yeah. seems to talk about that at all. Yep. All bark, no bite. That's what it was Facts. a lot of from from Montrez in the bubble. Facts getting cooked by Jokic and all that. He was just out there just... And then on top of that, he went to the Lakers after that. So he's just a joke. It, it was just all a bad look. Like after you played so pathetically for the other LA team and then you just jump ship to the, to the, to the ops, basically. Yeah. Man, it's sad. <laughs> Facts. Man, it's sad. But um, where are we going to go next? Let's go to, let's stay in the Western Conference. A lot of Western Conference drama, actually. Um, The Timberwolves locker room. First, I want to say this. Uh, <laughs> first, I do want to say this. I would completely understand if Carl Anthony Towns did not want to play this season because I've heard I, I saw I saw what he said about losing about like seven family members, including his mother this year. I could not imagine wanting yep. to play basketball or do anything for that matter for the rest of the year. Like I would just want to stay home and heal. But I mean, all power to him if he wants to play basketball. I would completely understand if he doesn't want to. And I would recommend he he not. I mean, with what's going on in that locker room per se, not between the players themselves, but like with a certain individual who's like, cannot stay out of headlines this, this, this <laughs> off season. It's just like, 
Yeah. It's so many added stress. You, you just don't need it. For real. Especially considering that, like, when the season re- does reopen, because uh, he did lose most of his family to COVID, which is terrible. And it's like, for him to, you know, risk playing, getting COVID, and then even, like you said, dealing with <laughs> this player who just can't get out of headlines, it's just like, do you really need to? I think he, I wouldn't be mad if he just takes the season off, works on his game a little bit, gets his head right, and then come back with a vengeance. Facts. Mental mental health is the most important aspect in life these days, especially with what we're all dealing with in this this time period. So um, the, the individual we are speaking of is um, Malik Beasley. Like, geez, Malik Beasley, like, relax. Like, man, he's, bro, he's all over Larsa <laughs> Pippen, bro. Like, I don't even see what's the point. Like, he was, and it's crazy because it's like, <laughs> I, it, wasn't he like engaged or something before that? And then it's like, he's, he's <laughs> married with a whole kid. Um, allegedly, Shorty cheated on him with an NFL player a couple years ago or whatever and he he fought said NFL player for her so like you fighting the dude just to end up cheating on her anyway like what's the I don't what's know what's the point but what's the point <laughs> exactly and then he he has he had a mistress on the side as well so he was just like it, he I, I'm sure he's not the only NBA player that's the, that does this but he's the only one that looks like a dummy because he got caught and he looks stupid for real and he's just like all over the media with it i feel like we i feel like in the nba i'm sure there's several people who do the same thing malik beasley does but you don't see it in the media and that's why it's a problem for malik beasley to do what he's doing it's like focus on basketball don't have all this negative press in the media that's just it just doesn't go well but hey some people like to work against themselves so it's like you gotta let them do what they want and then on top of that, he, we we didn't even mention the the drugs and weapons charges that he has against him too. It's just like he and he might get suspended for that too. So it's just it's just a not mess. looking good for Malik Beasley. It's a it's a mess. And then you got him and D'Lo mentoring Ant Man Anthony Edwards, who I feel so had bad some, for Anthony Edwards. <laughs> he, he's gonna go through. Like, that's that's not an ideal locker room to be walking into. Granted, I feel like there is still some valid leadership with Rubio being inserted back onto that team. D'Lo, granted, he did learn from his mistake. Still a young guy. Um, I don't know if there were, I think there were some rumblings about something in Golden State, but I'm not sure. I don't want to fully report on that and be wrong. But I think I did see something about that. But Anyways, this is not an ideal situation, especially when we heard the quotes from when we read the quotes from Anthony Edwards previous to the draft. Like he he basically made it sound like, sure, he he messes with basketball, but it's not like, yo, like this is my dying passion. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he sounds like he'd rather be playing like wide receiver or cornerback for the NFL or something like. Yeah. And it's like with Anthony Edwards, it's like he has so much upside. And like the only problem people really speak about is like, is he really going to achieve his potential? And it's like, how can he achieve his potential when then you're going to throw him around? Like you're going to throw him in the Timberwolves, whereas like he's going to he's going to continue with his same like bad mechanics, you know, taking bad shots and then like not really like putting the work in and not really caring about the team. Because, I mean, it's kind of like when you look at uh. I think when like JaVale McGee and how he was on the Wizards team with like Nick Young and like Andre Blatch and all those other yeah, people. Just, just surrounded by foolishness. Yeah. And that can either 
ruin your career or I mean, we'll see. <laughs> and we're we're hoping for the best. Any Timberwolves fans out there listening, we're hoping for the best for your your, your squad. We're hoping for the best for Anthony Edwards. It, it just it just gives off I don't want to say Andrew Wiggins vibes, but it kind of gives off Andrew <laughs> Wiggins vibes because it's like I feel like he's just gonna go there and it's gonna be like eh, whatever. Like I don't really see anyone going to Minnesota and being motivated to to play basketball. Like, yeah, we'll see how Andrew Wiggins looks with the Golden State Warriors because if he comes out and has a career year with the Warriors after like basically playing meh in Minnesota all this time, it's gonna be like, I mean, was it Minnesota or was it Wiggins or like for real? Even like. Or even raise the question: It was a cat because I mean, like Andrew Wiggins already came out and said like he didn't have a problem with like Jimmy Butler or nothing like that. So it's like, who did Jimmy Butler really have these problems? Who was the person that wasn't motivated? And like, who? What else was really happening in that locker room? So it'll be interesting to see. Minnesota Timberwolves unserious basketball franchise. Anyways. Um, some contract extensions, Braun, two years, $85 million extension with the Lakers. This surprised a lot of people because I just, I think everybody just thought that he was going to like go for the 2021 off season, like where the big off season is going to be like Kawhi, possibly Giannis, Paul George, all these guys that are going to be available then. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was surprising for a lot of people to, for Braun to get that, um, to sign that extension going to be signed with them through 2023 and then anthony davis signed a five-year 190 million extension which surprised a lot of people as well because the length of the contract a lot of people anticipated that he was going to sign like maybe a two plus one or like a one plus one with an opt-out or something along the lines of having like a short-term contract with an opt-out so he can be in a free agent class which is more plentiful i guess or whatnot but I guess not. He he just wants to have some long-term security. So what do you think? I think, honestly, uh, I think LeBron took that much years, mainly because he was trying to convince AD to resign. Because I think AD didn't really, like, at least me personally, I didn't see the news about AD resigning until after I saw the LeBron contract. So I felt like he really just needed to show AD like, all right, like if you stay, like if I'll stay, if you stay and we can really like, you know, continue winning championships. And I also feel like LeBron, honestly, he just wants to like, he's going to, he just wants to get to that point where he's probably going to play with, with Brownie once he gets in the league. So I feel like, yeah, he could have like, you know, planned it to be a free agent with like the rest of the stars, like Kawhi and them. But I feel like honestly, Brown, he's just trying to stay locked in when like maybe two more, play with his son and then call it a career yeah i could definitely see that timeline happening and another thing is that when he was in cleveland when he kept signing those one plus ones it was very hard for the the cleveland front office to really build a stable roster around him because there was so much uncertainty around lebron if he was gonna come back or not so i think him signing this two-year extension kind of Convinced AD, like, okay, we can build something here long term and I'm here for the foreseeable future. So I think that's very interesting because, like, he took a totally different approach to how he did with Cleveland Mm -hmm. during those last times with Cleveland. But, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, at least he kind of cares about the Lakers. Like, as you can see, like, the Cleveland, both times LeBron has left, like, they just went into, like, strict rebuild. So (laughs) at least he somewhat cares this time around. Yeah. 
Um, shout out Leangelo Ball to getting a training camp deal with the Pistons. Now all three Ball brothers are in the league. Shout out a lot LeVar. of people. Yep, a lot of people owe Lavar an apology for whatever they were saying about him. Um, granted, I it's just a training camp deal. It's not much to look into. He's probably going to end up playing in the G League most likely. But it is an accomplishment nonetheless to have all three of your sons get into the NBA after you said you were going to get them into the NBA. So, Facts. Hopefully, LiAngelo can turn it around and yeah, hopefully get like a roster spot somewhere. Facts. Um, now onto the main. This drama has been long. Woof. This, this drama is messy with Houston. So... Earlier this offseason, we had gotten reports of the Houston locker room being very. It's it's not a stable situation. We already seen Daryl Morey. He dipped. He's out of there. He's in Philly helping them construct their roster like an NBA current day roster should look like. Then we got um, Mike D'Antoni. He's out of there. Russell Westbrook wants out. We hear we hear. Several guys in the locker room, they didn't want to be there or they were unhappy with their roles like Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, um, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers signed with the Knicks this offseason out of all teams when he was courted by so many other teams. He went to the Knicks because he was just, I'm done with Houston. And if all these other playoff teams probably going to look like this, then I'm out of here. But um, Westbrook wants out. Then we hear... Harden wants out. Harden wants to go to Brooklyn. That's his main choice. And we all know someone under contract for as long as Harden is has basically no leverage because you're not an impending free agent. You can't really go anywhere. What are you going to do? Sit out? Or are you going to act like a child, which is what Harden has been doing? So we had John Wall get traded to Houston with a first round pick. For Russell Westbrook. At first, I was like, free Bradley Beal. But still on second free Bradley thought, Beal. <laughs> it's still free Bradley Beal, but it's like on second thought, this is much better for Bradley Beal than being with John Wall. Because with John Wall, it's, a, it's such a huge unknown. You're going into a, a year with a guy who hasn't played basketball in two years. <laughs> Two years. And he's made out of glass. And he's made out of glass. So you're on, on one hand, you're like, man, I'm so pissed. That was my brother, John Wall. We all these we had all these funny video moments and whatnot. It was cool. That was my guy. But on the other hand, you're like, I haven't seen this man hoop in two years. What am I getting on the floor with? With Russell Westbrook, sure. you have a sure thing. You know Russell Westbrook, when he plays, he's going to play at 110%. Even if he takes some ill-advised shots, you still know you have somewhat of a chance to win games, especially in the regular season and especially in the Eastern Conference. So on second thought, I was like, this trade is kind of a win-win for Westbrook and the Wizards and for Beal. It's like you get a sure thing, and you're probably going to make the playoffs now for sure. With John Wall, I had no hope of the team getting to the playoffs. I was like, with John Wall, there wasn't no way. Yeah. I was like, mm, probably not. I had teams like Atlanta, maybe even Charlotte take, overtaking them. 
like a lot of teams in the east towards the bottom they got a little bit better not all mm-hmm. of them but some of them enough to get the wizards out of there but when the wizards out of westbrook i'm like you know what they solidified themselves a playoff spot because Westbrook, I know, one thing he will do is will a team to the playoffs. He willed some bad teams to the playoffs in the West, or at least that one year he did without KD. So I'm confident he could do it with Bradley Beal and the Wizards reuniting with Scotty Brooks. Yeah, I, I just realized that Scott Brooks was a coach over there in, in, you know, for the Wizards, which is crazy. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, at first, you know, um, I was gonna I was gonna say uh Bradley Beal would probably get a lot less shots, but I feel like it's possible this that the team could work out a lot better. Definitely it's, going, it's definitely gonna be better than if John Wall was there, no doubt. Cause Westbrook is already gonna play more games and he's already gonna always like I feel like with John Wall, he could have came back and then it's like even though he came back, he could have been dealing with injuries or he could have just been unmotivated. It could have been all these other things. Cause even when we last saw him, like I don't know. He was doing okay, but then he got cooked. He what guys IT dropped forty on him or something like that. And then that was even, the last we even, saw John Wall. Even after IT cooked him, like it was just like like how many regular it was like it was always a question, how many regular season games are we gonna get out of John Wall? Because like that series against um Boston where IT like fried him or whatever, that was the last time I think we really saw like a legitimate, like good John Wall. Like Facts. him at like mostly full strength. And ever since then, it's been like, yo, we haven't seen the real John Wall. And we've seen all these clips of him, like, playing in these open runs and whatnot. It's like, that's not NBA game speed. That's not NBA game schedule. All the travel time that you got to accommodate for. All these other exterior factors. Because we're not in a bubble no more. So it's back to traveling, practices, all this other stuff. So it's like, there's so many variables and so many external factors that play into John Wall's health for this season. Facts. And even considering, like, we've even seen clips of him just, you know, you know, engaging in activity. He probably shouldn't record himself <laughs> being engaged in it. And it's like, Yo. is he focused? Like, <laughs> you know, like, you see the clip, like, is he focused? Yeah. Is he, like, is he playing ball or is he doing something else? So it's like, is he spinning the block? Like, <laughs> for real or is he in the strip club just blowing money like who knows speaking <laughs> of the strip club yo i was like i was like all right we got a lot to talk about on the podcast today but i was like yo i need something else to just make this story a little bit juicier pause and i was <laughs> like i was like scrolling on the timeline and i'm like yo harden is wilding oh, yeah. first <laughs> First, we see him with little baby. He got little baby, like whatever, how much honey buns he got. Yeah. <laughs> he got him a, a, a watch. I don't know what watch was it. Was it a Roly or whatever? Nah. And he, then, <laughs> bro, he gave bro, he gave that man little baby like what? Like a hundred K. Gave him a Prada bag, a watch. And is and, and like what? Like a hundred, like a hundred honey buns or something like that. That's his girl. <laughs> For real, that's <laughs> it's, it's wild, and then it's like James Harden, like yeah, and then you got the Marcus Cousins and, and John Wall coming over there. It's like, are they going to be focused? You know, are they going to be focusing on the court? I mean, Harden, I'm I'm not questioning Harden going to go out there and get us like the 27 that he normally does. But the Marcus is he bought a suit up? Is John Wall about to stay in the strip clubs? Like, is he about to tear his Achilles going on some steps again? Like, we don't know. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's so many questions. And like I wrote down on I wrote down the I wrote down a Twitter post. I was like basically tracking like the timeline of the events of just today. Just today. So today we find out this morning that um James Harden um was at the strip club, you know, just throwing dollars up in the air, just like going nuts as usual. Nothing new there, nothing new at Harden, but it's like the day before we literally got tweets from Woj describing the strict COVID protocols for the season. <laughs> for which real. I'm already which I'm already skeptical of because I know how these players be. And we saw what Lou Will did even with a bubble situation. Now there's no bubble. Bro, there's about to be a, uh, a thousand Lou Williams situations like every week. Like that these dudes facts. can't control themselves. They really can't. And it's like, you know, like, I f- especially when you're in a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, I already know I'm not winning a chip. Like, yeah, I already know I'm not making the playoffs <laughs> or something. It's like, why not just blow the money that I have? Like, go enjoy myself. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you can't fault them, but it's just like, wow, like, this season is really going to be interesting to really see, like, the COVID cases and how they deal with it. And especially seeing, like, the stories, like, Lemon Pepper Lou and even, like, James Harden just in the strip club wilding. So it's like, <laughs> I honestly am excited. Yeah. So then after we seen, after the clip surfaces, we get a nice little quote from Coach Steven Silas. Brand new head coach. I feel sorry for this dude. This dude thought he was going to come into the season with Russell Westbrook, James Harden on his squad, and he was he was going to turn them into a contender. That's what he said on 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 first take with Stephen A. Smith. He was like, "We're going to be a contender. We're going to challenge the Lakers." Blah blah blah. That's all dead. That's all dead now. He says you got to ask Harden when he asked if Harden is committed to staying, and we all know Harden is obviously not going to be training camp open today. He's not there, obviously. So then we have a clip from John Wall. I'm going to see if I can play the audio straight into the microphone so we can hear a bit of what they ask him. So let me play this real quick. Uh, being a rocket this season. For sure. That was the main reason why. You know what I mean? Talking through the whole process of what was going to happen with this trade if it happened or did not happen. Um, it's one of the reasons that we wanted to play together. So I have high ability and 100% effort that he wants to be and be a part of his organization. See what happens with this team and see where we can go. So that's John Wall explaining that he believes that Harden is going to stay. Then Harden posts on his IG story the picture of the just a single picture of an emoji, the one that like it like cheeses OD hard. You know the one I'm talking about? Nah, I don't think I saw that one. Hold up. I'm about to send it to you right right now. Because it's like it's like he's being he's being so immature and it's like at this point the Harden fans are not even like defending him anymore like that's how bad it's gotten usually the Harden fans they they go crazy for Harden they defend him every situation that he comes in to and it, it, at this point they're tired now and when the Harden fans are tired, then you know it's a real issue. That's facts. I mean, John Wall, I mean, he can hope Harden is trying to stay, but if I'm Harden, I'm trying to get out of there. Like, John Wall can have his fun little Kentucky reunion with DeMarcus Cousins and lose games, but <laughs> if I'm Harden, I'm out of there. <laughs> 
Yeah, he wants out. And it's like, all right, like we know you want to go to Brooklyn. Houston is not sending you to Brooklyn for their their poo-poo platter of, of a trade offer. Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and 10 picks, I don't think it's still enough for a James Harden package if I'm Houston. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like at this point, there has to be some accountability held for James Harden. Sure, he does not like the situation that he's in right now, but he has no one to blame but himself, I think. We've seen it all now. It's always about Harden's teammate. It's always, it was Dwight. It was CP3. Then it was Russ. And now he says his preference to play with is John Wall, a guy who we haven't seen play in two years. Does he really expect us to believe that his preference was a guy who hasn't played in two years over someone he just played with who averaged 27, seven and seven? That's facts. I honestly, I agree. Like, you know, we have been always coming for like James Harden's teammates and not James Harden. But like, even now, like you see, if he say, for example, Harden does stay in Houston, right? They got rid of the coach. And uh, I'm assuming they're going to be running a completely different scheme. So it's like, oh, of course. So it's like Harden. The thing with Harden is like, you know, we know he's going to score. And I feel like because of his high, like his high scoring rate and how much effort he put on like that offensive side, you know, he I felt like he was gassed and like, you know, he never really had the energy to keep it up during like certain playoff games or overall, just like how can like teams know that you're going to take all the shots? So I was like, why wouldn't I just guard you and not focus on anyone else? So it's like if Harden can like move the ball a little bit more and if he's still losing games, I feel like, and we know it's not really, it wasn't, the problem was never Chris Paul. They try to blame it on like, Oh, he's old. He's washed. They try to say the same with Westbrook saying like, Oh, he's a, what? Um, he takes bad shots. He's hard to control and like all this other stuff. But like, people don't speak on like the volume of shots that James Harden takes. And it's like, if he just lowered his volume, maybe they'll win more games, but we'll have to see. Not even just lower his volume, just do more stuff in the mid range, diversify your offensive game, mix it up, play some off ball stuff. Once he, once he passes the ball, he stands like a statue and it makes it 10 times easier to guard him like that. That's why they double him and force the ball out of his hands. And then they play box and one on him basically, and basically force him to never catch the ball. Cause he's not going to move off ball. So it's like you stop him like that and then Houston fans complain about why you're doubling him because it's easier to contain him. And it's just like tell him to move off ball. Look at Steph and Clay. Just watch them as prime examples of what to do on offense if you really want to free yourself to get yourself the ball, if you really want to score and if you really want to help your team win. And him just not doing that and then all this stuff that happened just today is just like further proof like he's been made he's been let off the hook way too many times because of his bag and he can score so much. Like, I don't care. He's not winning. So it doesn't even matter about his bag. He keeps driving every teammate that he gets that he wants out of town. Like he's, there's gotta be some accountability. Like people can want to blame Dwight and say he was immature. Sure. He had to deal with some things on different teams and he finally got himself together on the Lakers, whatever. Chris Paul, Look at as soon as he left, got to OKC, re-upped his trade value. Now he's on a team that's probably going to be top four in the West this year with Phoenix. Westbrook, he's 
He's on a new team in the Wizards with Bradley Beal. Probably going to be like a six or seven seed in the in the East, but he's probably going to be ten times happier than he was playing in um, Houston with James Harden. Because one main factor a lot of people don't remember with what was what with what Russell Russell Westbrook said was with was that there was a lack of accountability. Too many W's and R's in that. But yeah, he said there was no, there was a lack of accountability with the Rockets and that all falls back on James Harden. As you can see, look what he's doing. He's having himself a ball training camp just open. He's probably not going to be available and he has to implement himself with a whole bunch of new players this year. You got John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Christian Woods, Sterling, Sterling Brown. You got all these other, all these new pieces that you have to implement that take the place of a Russell Westbrook on Austin Rivers and who knows who else is going to possibly leave before the season starts. So, Word. It's that's, just that's very true. It's just one big mess. It's like Harden and it's like I forgot they even picked up Christian Wood. And it's like he <laughs> he really like that's like honestly I like the Rockets. I I don't know why they even got I mean I see why they got John Wall, they got the draft pick, but it's like it might really be time to like really blow that team up. Like they gotta like move hard and they gotta get like a fresh like set roster or something. Like I mean and I don't like John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's gonna be something interesting to see for real. It is. And I heard something on a podcast and it got me thinking. It was like they were saying how what Houston, what Houston could end up doing is, you know, they take on John Wall, they take on DeMarcus Cousins, right? And they just like rehab, they try to rehab their value so that way you could trade a John Wall um, next offseason. I don't know if you could trade DeMarcus Cousins because he's on a one-year non-guaranteed deal. So there's not much you could do there. But you move a John Wall next offseason you move a James Harden you get all the assets you can back that you've lost because of the Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook deals and you just try to make up all that value and fresh try try to start fresh next offseason brand new slate but I so, mean like I mean that could work but I mean how I feel like the Rockets are kind of like one of those establishments or like one of those franchises, I should say, that you know they want to like win now. Like they're like they're really impatient. They don't really want to rebuild like that. So I mean, that could work. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it was more of Daryl Morey not ever wanted to rebuild, and since he's gone, they don't really have to worry about that. And Fertitta, their owner, is very cheap, so he may be willing to like part with all these expensive assets if he all these expensive players, if he can get some assets and rebuild properly his way and build a team his way, if he really wants to. Word. Oh man. I, I, I don't have Houston as a playoff team this year for obvious reasons. I feel like there are so many other teams in the West that just have it together. Like that Houston locker room is just set to implode within like the first three weeks of the season opening up if they keep this roster the same way it is. Agreed. Like, plus considering, like, who's in the West right now, like, the growth of teams like Phoenix becoming a lot better and, like, 
uh, who else? The Nuggets. There's a lot of like really like teams that Warriors. Warriors will be back. They won't be the same Warriors, but they'll be back to an extent. I think the Warriors, depending on how well Andrew Wiggins fits into that role, they might they might not lose a step, but. It's Andrew Wiggins. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they also did pick up, like, Kelly Oubre. And, like, yeah. they have, like, James Wiseman, who I hope they play. But we'll see. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be a very, very interesting season. And um, speaking of interesting season, we got the – we got the schedule released this, this past week. So, the season opens up December 22nd. Um, opening night is of course Golden State at Brooklyn. Very exciting matchup between those two teams. I know it won't be the same without Clay there, of course, because Warriors won't be specifically at full strength, but it'll still be a fun game nonetheless. We're seeing Steph Curry back on the court, Kevin Durant back on the court, Kyrie Irving back on the court. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup nonetheless. I wish the Nets played like the Lakers or something though. I I, I, I like the matchup because it's kind of like, well, before the clay injury, it was kind of be it was, it was supposed to be like you know Katie and like going like basically playing his old team kind of thing, which you know I still think is going to be a good game. But it, I probably kind of wanted to see maybe the Nets and the Lakers go at it just to see like, just just to see like you know Katie back and then see like him basically going against LeBron, not on a super team. So it's like the team, the game is going to be interesting nonetheless. Facts. Um, And then to finish off opening night, we have the Lakers versus the Clippers once again. And you know, it's going to be funny is seeing the Clippers players having to watch the Lakers get their rings on ring ceremony night. That is going to be Montrez is gonna feel like an idiot because he's on that team and he's not getting a ring. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, honestly, but he's gonna be like, you know what? I feel like I can get one this year, so he's like, it, it was all worth it in the end. So it, <laughs> but it's gonna be mad awkward for him to just be standing there watching his other team be embarrassed <laughs> just, by watching his current team get a ring that they were supposed to get allegedly this year. So. <laughs> And he's gonna get all them side eyes just from the Clippers bench. Just like, look at you. You joined the. You was. You think you was gonna get a ring or something? Like, man, <laughs> he should be ashamed of himself. I mean, it's not as bad as what KD did, but he should be ashamed of what he did. <laughs> yeah, he he joined the ops. I mean, he was on the ops side the whole time. He was just like pulling. I saw a lot of people referencing this. They say he pulled an Ocean's Eleven, ultimate, right. ultimate betrayal right there. Facts. Maybe he but, was. A- should try to break down that Clippers team saw me. Facts. We'll see. Christmas Day we have, which is like a couple days after the season starts. We got Pelicans versus Heat. Not excited about that matchup all too much. We got why Warriors the, versus Wait, what happened? Why the Pelicans though? Why why is the Heat playing the Pelicans? I feel like there's so many like granted the Eastern Conference is weak. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want the Heat playing. The, the league is forcing Zion down our throats. Pause. The Pelicans have as much national TV games as the Warriors. Yeah, I peeped that. That's kind of wild. 
they have like so many national like games. They have more national games than like the Nets too. They may not even be a playoff team. Like they signed, they got Steven Adams in a trade and then immediately extended him. Why are you signing a cent? Why are you trading for a center that is going to clog the paint next to Zion? I just don't understand that logic. Which center are they picking up? They picked up Steven Adams. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that didn't make sense. And then you have basically no wings to back up Brandon Ingram. (laughs) They hope it lines up. And you got like five point guards. Like, what is what the hell is going on in New Orleans? Like (laughs) (laughs) they think they think. Brandon, I'm telling you, this, they think all right, Lonzo, he's gonna supposedly get it together. Zion is gonna, you know, break out season. He's gonna show us he's a chosen one. Stephen Adams is just there to get get boards. And honestly, it could work, but in reality, would it really? We don't know because I mean, we st- Zion's health is still an issue, and I still want Zion to succeed. I want like I think he's the next, but I feel like. Even like the media and even with like giving them so many like national games and stuff, it's going to like it's putting so much pressure on one person. And it's just like it's not necessary. Just let him do what he's going to do. Yeah, let it flow naturally. Like, yo, like let the star blossom naturally. Like teams like Grizzlies with John Morant, they got like three national TV games. Hawks with Trey Young and all the moves that they made. Their team is probably going to be a lot more exciting and more competitive than it was the past couple of years. They got one national TV game. Because <laughs> they don't like, it's it's wild. It's, it's crazy. And the Hawks, I actually want to see some, like some more Hawks games. I mean, granted, like, you know, there's a lot of like mouths to feed on the Hawks. It's like, it's still going to be interesting seeing some of them play. Like, they have a lot of, like, high-profile names on that team, and they don't got that much games, which is crazy. And it's like, as NBA fans, we are always pleading for the league to showcase more of their young talent. They're like, okay, Zion, that's it. It's like, bro, there's more than there's more to the league in young talent than just Zion Williamson. And I feel like that's a main issue of why the league has an issue with rating somewhat, because it's like you're promoting young talent. Sure. But you're only promoting one young talent, like showcase more of the young talent. So more fans are drawn in to to the game. Facts. And like. It, like. The Pelicans is like, all right, cool, Brandon Ingram and everything. But come on, man. Like, even, like, for the Heat to be playing the Pelicans, that it, we didn't need to see that. Like, the Heat could have been playing, like, I don't know, like the Sixers or something like that. Like, Word, like, like another like, Eastern <laughs> Conference opponent. Like, come on. NBA, it's not that hard. I promise y'all. It's not that hard to just, like, give the fans what they want. And then they they, they constantly wonder, yo, why are, why are our ratings so bad? Like the answer is right in front of you. You just ignoring it. Facts. And then you constantly make your fans feel dumb because you got ESPN mocking every team that isn't the Lakers. Like it's a joke, man. So it, it is honestly. So we got Warriors versus Bucks, two thirty p.m. on Christmas Day. Got Giannis auditioning for Golden State, basically. 
You got the Nets versus the Celtics. That's Kyrie's first game, I think, back in Boston since, you know, he said he was going to resign there and then, like, he didn't. He's so wild. he's wild. He's just as wild as Paul George. I don't know if you saw that little. Oh, no, you actually, you did see it where Paul Yo, George. I shared had it. Yeah, those little <laughs> statements. Don't come out on a press conference talk about you going to stay and then leave like shortly after that. Like, I hope everyone don't. else in the league just learns from these mistakes. Facts. Do not make a statement until your mind is 200% sure that is where you want to stay. Paul George in Indiana. Yeah, I want to stay here. I want to build something here. I want to win a championship. I want to retire. Blah, blah, blah. OKC. OKC has a Paul George day. A Paul no, George day. It was on, <laughs> on Instagram, what, smoking cigars? I remember that. Like, I remember that day. Like, there was like PG, like, oh, yeah, job's not done. All this nonsense. Like, oh, yeah, we going back for another round or something like that. And I'm just like, bro, this is a joke. And then he went to the playoffs and got smoked. And it's just, man, PG, man. I, I always said, like, I mean, I'm not to rip on PG this episode, but I said, if PG doesn't get it together this season, he might be done. He might not be considered like this, like, second guy like he might not be considered this like perennial talent i mean he's still a perennial talent but he's still he's just gonna be considered as like i don't know some other guy i feel like he's gonna yeah he's gonna jag basically the talent the talent doesn't translate that's the thing it's like he has all this talent and i feel like people still kind of tout him as they still see a lot of people still have the image of him in their mind as like the young up and coming guy that was challenging Braun in the East. People still got that <laughs> image in their head of him, bro. That's not Paul George anymore. He's like what, almost damn near thirty. Like, come on, for real. And and you know what's crazy? Uh, I remember he was saying like, you know, he wants to like run more pick and rolls. Like, he wants to be like a primary ball handler. Blah blah blah. Like, he wants to be like this point forward kind of thing. But it's like he was that in Indiana. It didn't work. He went because he's not a playmaker. Yeah, he's not. (laughs) He he tries to be a playmaker, and it's like, bro, like, just go get your shot and just like just score efficiently. That's all they really want from him. Make the game easier for yourself. These dudes be trying to show off their bag a little too much these days. It's like, bro, make the game easier for yourself. Well, granted, well, he he says it was it was Doc Rivers' fault. Let's see this year with Paul with Ty Lue, who a lot of players seem to bangs with more so we'll see how that goes but if paul george again like you said if if this year like you're running out of excuses my dude for real and honestly the media was already like on to him after okc like after it was what pg russ and mellow and they try to blame they blame mellow for that that playoff fiasco and then the media was already on it like okay is PG really that second guy or was it just a bad situation? You know, okay, see, that's why he ain't win. Now on the Clippers, it's like he's shooting shots off the side of the backboard. Now it's like, okay, clearly this is a bigger problem. This might just be PG. So if this season he doesn't do it, man, it's going to be a wrap. <laughs> Facts. So back to the Christmas Day schedule. We got Nets versus Celtics, as we said, Kyrie's first time back in Boston. Granted, there will be no fans to boo him, so I granted he'll probably go off for like 50 or whatever against them. And there's no Kemba, too, to start the season, so I don't know who's going to be guarding. Who's going to be starting point guard? Probably Marcus Smart, though, probably play as point guard. Probably yeah, going to see a lot of backup minutes by Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards, so... Kyrie might feast. He might feast. Not Kyrie. 
Nah, I think he's gonna definitely go off. Like, hopefully, I think his his shoulder gonna be right. I think he's definitely gonna light that team up because what, what Brad Wanamaker and like all the other people like they're not about oh, to like. Oh, Brad Wanamaker not even there no more. So oh, it's, it's like Marcus. He's on Golden State now, so it's like Marcus Smart. And it's going to be like the rookies from last year that are playing backup point guard. And Jeff Teague, my fault. I forgot about Jeff Teague. Well, he's definitely going to be cooking up. I forgot Jeff Teague was in the league. That's wild. <laughs> I, uh, like, for real, like, I, I ain't seen him on a court in a while. Like, I, like that's what. He was on Minnesota last year. And then I think he got traded to ATL. So that's oh, why. That that's sense. why. Yeah. Yeah, that's why no one ever like no one really seen him for me. I forgot he was in the league for a minute too, and then I remembered like Boston picked him up. So yeah, we'll he see. lost his job in Minnesota because uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Culver wasn't it? Got that boy out of there. Yeah, Jerry Culver he he stunk it up his first year though. So I don't know how you know how bad you gotta I, I be agree. for Jerry Culver to steal your starting job. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> like. <laughs> The t- I said that's another reason why we had that whole conversation about the Timberwolves. It's just like, yo, what is going on over there? Like, <laughs> they had Jeff Teague, Malik Beasley, Jimmy Butler said they they are motivated. Like, <laughs> that team is something else for real. Honestly, then at eight PM on Christmas, we got Mavs versus Lakers. A very interesting matchup. You got the current face of the league facing off against the possible future face of the league. With Luca, there will be no Porzingis. He's out with the meniscus surgery he had this offseason. Once again, once again, Porzingis' health is in question. It's going to be a huge deciding factor for if the if the Mavericks succeed or not. Uh, that's the main reason why the Knicks traded him away. And I'm so glad they did not give him a max contract because he would be stealing money from us while wearing a suit all see it all year long and i don't need that you know speaking of people that's just like stealing money you know what i also noticed with the hornets they got rid of nicholas batum's contract and then they gave gordon hayward a contract so to me it's like the league is just handing out money at this point because it's like gordon hayward man i can't i mean Hopefully he has a better season this year, but me personally, I don't really see Gordon. I think since that injury, he's lost a step, and I think he's just going to become another Nicholas Batum for that team, stealing money. And <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel like the Hornets they did that because they know they won't get free agents any other way, so they have no choice but to overpay. Okay. So and they wanted to be, they wanted to be. Somewhat competitive in LaMelo Ball's first year. They didn't want him just like running around, like playing with like Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, and like Devontae Graham and PJ Washington and Miles Bridges and like have no direction. So I feel like they, they, they wanted to do, they wanted to have some sort of semblance of a team that is going to be somewhat competitive, I think. Or. And with the Hornets, I kind of, uh, if I'm Terry Rozier, I'm coming out with a vengeance because he had Devontae Graham show him up last season. And the Hornets, they drafted LaMelo. I mean, Terry Rozier, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the trade block coming uh, this trade deadline. 
Wouldn't be surprised at all if LaMelo comes out there, plays somewhat decent. Devontae Graham comes out somewhat decent. And then Terry Rozier is still doing what Terry Rozier. I, I could see him getting traded. Him, maybe like, maybe not, maybe PJ Washington, not PJ. I, I, I like PJ Washington, but maybe PJ Washington for like a better center or something. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think they'll they'll keep PJ though. Yeah, I, I feel like he, he was really solid in their first year. But yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about Hornets. They they're 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 gonna be a team. Probably that's probably gonna be fighting for that playing game. Yeah. Facts. And then last game of Christmas night is Clips versus Nuggets, rematch of last year's um or this year's series, I guess you can say. Last season's series where. The Nuggets came back once again from down 3-1. <laughs> and the Clips exposed themselves once again. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two teams face off. Who you got winning? Nuggets. Clippers. <laughs> Clippers. They got to show me. got to show me something, man. They got to get a point guard. Me. Exactly. That's you need a point guard. Pat, Pat Bev ain't cutting it no more. All the scowling, all the growling. <laughs> All the clawing <laughs> It don't work no more No one's scared of that trick no more Pat Bev You gotta play ball for real For real <laughs> Like all that ain't working no more So Some other key matchups That are going to happen Um, Bucks versus Lakers in Milwaukee January 21st Ah that's right before my birthday Nice little game it's going to be interesting to see. Last time we saw Bucks versus Lakers, Lakers beat the Bucks in LA. And a lot of people were saying it, LeBron should have been MVP from that point on. Uh, we got Lakers versus Nets in LA February 18th, and then Lakers versus Heat in LA on February 20th. So, very, very interesting matchups. You got some, you got a finals rematch, you got a potential finals look ahead to. With that matchup. And then you got Nets versus Clippers in LA February 21st. So the Nets, that's good. A lot of national TV games with the Nets is going to be games that you're going to be want to be tuned into this season, especially if they're fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katie, Kyrie versus LeBron, AD. It's just going to be Clash of the Titans right there. Facts. Oh, that's going to be a good game. Facts. Like, KD. That that net squad, if I mean I'm not worried about KD coming back. I'm worried about if Kyrie can really, you know, sustain his, his health and you know it like really show up the same. So if if all those things happen, that team is really gonna be a force. Facts. And then you got KD and the Nets. They are going to Golden State on February thirteenth. It's gonna be a prime time Saturday night game. It's gonna be Kevin Durant's first game back in Golden State. Maybe by then, February thirteenth. Possibly, depending on how things go, maybe there will be some sort of a crowd to give him an, an ovation, a deserved ovation at that. Because I think I think it would be nice for Katie to return to Golden State and have somewhat of an ovation. He did help them get two championships. So, so I think that would really be nice if that's possible. Who knows if there'll be some sort of crowd attendance, if any, at that. So... 
it is going to be an interesting season nonetheless, though. Like this, with the 72-game season shortened now, you got all these COVID stuff, all these protocols that teams can't break. You got um, the playing game. It's just a lot of things to to make the season, the regular season actually count towards something this year. Sure, there might be like some load management or whatever, but I think most teams will come out with like, like we need to like legitimatize ourselves this year. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I with the shorter season and even with like more players coming back, I feel like the regular season is definitely going to be a lot more like eventful, a lot more stuff happening. Yeah, definitely. And I just saw a clip on my timeline of John Wall running and doing drills in Houston gear. Looks kind of normal on him. Um, it doesn't even look weird. So it's just the red. I feel like I'm I'm interested to see John Wall's speed when he comes back because that's really like his like bread and butter. So like if he's not as fast, like how is he going to really score? Because he's never been that well of a shooter. He's been like he's over time he's gotten like slightly better but he's never been a shooter so well hopefully by the time our next episode is up we'll have some james harden trade news possibly to talk about um just don't forget james harden's a toxic teammate and his bag don't mean shit um, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And thank you if you listened to the last episode as well. That was almost like two hours long with Kev. Wish we had Kev on to talk about how he felt about his wizards getting Westbrook this time. Maybe maybe next week. But make sure y'all check out all the links in the description. We are back on YouTube now, trying to be consistent with putting out some sort of visual on there as well. So check that out as well. Rico, you got anything to plug or anything? Nah, I was just saying. Oh, nah, I honestly don't. All right. We out of here.